the Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies. Honorable Minister. Honorable Minister, unmute. Thank you so much, Honorable Chair. And apologies, I see my video is refusing to come on board. I hope it's there now. Am I visible? Thank you so much and apologies, uh, House Chairperson. House Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Minister, Ms. Bingi Gagana, the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Communications, Dade Boise Manelli, Honorable Members of Parliament, esteemed guests, ladies and gentlemen, comrades and friends, and of course, the 4IR brigades. Since the beginning of time, humanity has always had the edge to reach out and communicate from smoke signals, rock art, and sounds of beating drums. South Africa has evolved with speed with each generation of telecommunications infrastructure better and faster than the previous. From the first use of telecommunications with a single line of telegraph connecting the Simonstown and Cape Town to the first telegraph launched in 1859, telephones in May 1882, radio in the 1920s, post office in the 1970s, television in 1976 and the 1990s with the introduction of cell phones with 1991 seeing the first IP in South Africa. Who can forget the iconic in 2000. The department celebrates the evolution of telecommunications and creation of an inclusive information society in our country. Fellow members, yesterday I had an opportunity to address the celebration of the World Telecommunication and Information Society Day under the theme, Accelerating Digital Transformation in Challenging Times. Honorable members, there is a silent revolution. The world is changing before our eyes. Science and technology has created an opportunity for our continent to leapfrog and enter international affairs as an equal. Fellow South Africans, I take this platform at a time of convergence between two opposing forces, namely the crisis and despair brought about by the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and the advent of the fourth industrial revolution. We must agree that every crisis brings shock and new opportunities. While the pandemic has brought about social and economic shock in our country and our people, we must look into the need to navigate these difficult times through identification of opportunities to take our country and our people to a greater pedestal. Honorable House Chairperson, in 2019, during the budget vote, we made several commitments to this house. It is therefore my pleasure to provide progress on the work we have done thus far. As honorable members would remember, cabinet approved the report on the presidential commission on the fourth industrial revolution. I am now pleased to inform you that the project management office has developed the consultative strategic implementation plan in order to ensure that the recommendations of the report are implemented by all critical stakeholders to position South Africa globally. House Chairperson, we also made a commitment to overhaul our policies 
and legislations in order to enable digital transformation. We have since reviewed the following. The Electronic Communications Amendment Bill, the South African Broadcasting Corporation Bill, the South African Post Bank Amendment Bill, Data and Cloud Policy Gazetting, Audio and Audiovisual Policy that are gazetted. In 2019, we were also tasked with creating a new department to drive digital transformation. In this regard, a new five-year strategy, a service delivery model, and a new organizational structure has been developed. We further undertook to reconfigure our state-owned entities in order to be in line with our new mandate. We have commenced with the establishment of the State Digital Infrastructure Company, which we have developed its business case and the draft bill, which is in the consultation stages. Similarly, we have progressed with a reconfiguration of the State Information Technology Agency into forming the State Digital Infrastructure Company. Likewise, the business case and the draft bill have been developed and are in consultation stages. House Chair, on broadband rollout, a critical project in trying to eliminate digital divide, we committed to connecting additional 400 government sites to make a total of 970 sites. We are pleased to announce that all sites have been connected and we continue to monitor them. The feasibility study for phase two has been concluded to explore funding models for, for connecting the remainder of the government sites across the country. We also committed to this house that we are going to issue the final policy and policy direction on high, man, on high demand spectrum to ICASA. Indeed, the policy direction was issued. ICASA subsequently issued the invitation to apply for licensing of the high demand spectrum and warn. House Chairperson, as we begin our second year under COVID-19 way of life, we have set ourselves seven ambitious priorities, namely fast-tracking the broadcasting digital migration, release of spectrum, infrastructure investment and mass employment program, reindustrialization of the economy with focus on SMMEs, digital, digital economy master plan and its implementation, digital and future skills, and the repurposing of the state-owned entities. Honorable Chair, the analog switch off process commenced in March as planned following the president's announcement during SONA. We started with the Free State, then progressed to the Northern Cape, and lastly, the Northwest Province. Honorable members, to date, we have switched off a total of 32 sites in the three priority provinces. This amounts to 40% of the planned sites in the three provinces. On each of the three provinces, our progress is as follows. We have achieved 96% in the Free State Province, which is 22 of 23 planned sites. We have achieved 26% in the Northern Cape Province, which is seven of the planned 27 sites. We have achieved 10% in the Northwest, which is three of the planned 29 sites. We are targeting to have the majority of the sites in the three provinces switched off by the middle of July this year. This process is targeting to release the much needed 700 and 800 megahertz digital dividend spectrum. The spectrum will be released in a phased provincial manner across the country towards our goal of end of March 2022. This process is combined with a digital to digital migration 
and will make available a total of 168 megahertz spectrum in each of the provinces switched off. We are working with the TV broadcasting industry to ensure that the target of March 2022 is realized. This will allow spectrum availability for IMT services on broadband, which ECASA is in the process of licensing. The remaining five provinces will have a voucher system model. We are looking forward to the effective partnership with the industry and support when we begin to roll out the voucher system towards realizing a successful migration process. We call upon everyone across the country to rally behind us as we pave a way for the better South Africa for ourselves and the future generations. Ladies and gentlemen, the release of Spectrum has major economic and social benefits. As government, our focus is on economic recovery, building on the successes to restart the economy and stimulate employment by leveraging on the ICT network, the digital platforms, and data analytics capabilities in order to deliver economic value for the society. It must be stated that Spectrum, like the land question in South Africa, is a highly contested space. In our policy and policy direction, we try to address some of the challenges like competition, transformation, and opening space for new entrants in the industry. The current litigations on spectrum auction and licensing of one hamper our determination to rebuild our economy. We have and continue to implore parties involved, including the regulator, to find amicable solution to the ongoing impasse. I believe that it is within this industry's ability to find an out-of-court dispute resolution mechanism and avert the delays and stagnating economic impact. We believe that partnerships and collaborations are key to taking our sector to greater heights. I am therefore pleased to announce that 27 billion rands is being pledged collectively by the operators and vendors to expand the 4G network and to deploy the 5G and fiber technologies in our country, of which some has been tested already by the operators. This network expansion is also extending to rural and underserved areas, which will benefit communities and create jobs. As such, I hope that the licensing of one and the high demand spectrum will complement these rollout plans. In line with the government's vision of connecting 80% of public buildings by 2024, our entities will connect 6,687 sites across the country. As part of the Presidential Employment Stimulus Initiative, we have, in collaboration with the presidency, submitted a bid for funding to support digital access for low-income households and stimulate job creation and economic growth through household broadband connectivity and public Wi-Fi access. It is hoped that the funding of 350 million can be made available for the program to commence in the current financial year. And we will roll out in both townships and rural areas. USASA will also proceed with the connectivity of our Tambo district municipality and as such an amount of 60 million has been allocated. Through investment in digital infrastructure expansion, 5,920 jobs have already been created by the sector, and it is envisaged that there will be an increase of at least 25% of this target. The department and its entities 
always endeavor to support SMMEs through various procurement opportunities. To this end, our department has supported 393 SMMEs. Furthermore, our entities are as equally committed to support our SMEs, hence an amount of 2.6 billion rands is committed. Sooner, the ICT Sector Council will publish its sector code to provide for 50% target procurement from majority Black-owned suppliers, an increase from 40% in the current code. ICASA has recently announced new regulations aimed at promoting historically disadvantaged South Africans in the ICT sector. Amongst the changes is the requirement for licensees to comply with the mandatory equity ownership of 30% by Black people and level four triple BEE status. The department's vision to see all South Africans digitally empowered to create and participate in tech-enabled opportunities that drive inclusiveness, employment, and economic transformation across our cities, towns, and provinces. To this end, the department has finalized a digital economy master plan and is currently engaging various stakeholders in the development of the implementation plan. Chairperson, it is envisaged that the implementation of the Digital Economy Master Plan will see the achievement of economic contribution upwards to 4.5% of the GDP per annum, creating of 1 million jobs over the next 10 years, which is also creating massive opportunities for SMMEs. In line with the drive for transformation in the ICT sector, and reduction of digital divide, we will revisit the now obsolete user policy with the aim to facilitate access to internet, even in the far remote areas. In this regard, a policy and policy direction will be developed for ICASA to further develop relevant regulations to guide implementation. The speed of change in science and technology demands an equal speed in acquiring the skills that the industry demands. We have since developed the National Digital and Future Skills Strategy, whose objective is to establish an education and skills development ecosystem that provides all South Africans with the required skills to create and participate in the digital economy. We are partnering with both public and private sector with the intent to bridge the digital divide. For this reason, our training program will be conducted everywhere in South Africa, including in the remote areas. Chairperson, our partnership with the Department of Higher Education and Training to train 20,000 young people on FOIR and related skills. Six Tibet colleges are situated in the Eastern Cape, Mpumalanga, Limpombo, Northwest, and Guazulu Natal will be targeted this year. We are deliberate in exposing and stimulating the young minds in these Tibet colleges to be innovators and not just end users of technologies. Google through Google for Education program will be training teachers in digital learning. We are also working with the Department of Employment and Labor to train 73,000 unemployed young people. Our model pulls together a given craft, skill, and entrepreneurship that, that such that every learner finishes their training already having an exit strategy. The Digital Council for Africa has also heeded our call and committed to train young people from Eastern Cape, Mpumalanga, and Limpompo in fiber splicing. Never again shall our youth be only trench diggers. Already we've trained a number of young people and the council is in the process of placing them in various companies. 
most of these young people will be benefiting from this partnership. You watch the space. The department has partnered with Huawei. So far, 50 students from disadvantaged universities have been trained through the Seeds of the Future program. These young people are trained in IoTs, in 5G, artificial intelligence, and have been exposed to various technologies in Shenzhen and Beijing in China. Today, the company has commenced with a training of 1,000 internet service providers in partnership with the ICT Youth Council. The partnership continues, and we are getting more students participating because these trainings are now held virtually. With Nemisa and Coursera, we will offer 60,000 free online training opportunities. Additionally, we also have 82,000 slots available in the collabs situated around the country. Through the partnership with the GIZ, an estimated 49 million worth program, the department will train 3,000 South Africans and support 150 SMMEs for future of work. Through our partnership, Microsoft has launched the Microsoft Artificial Intelligence University, wherein the curriculum will develop the skills employers value by teaching them to explore, transform, model, and visualize data and to create the next generation of intelligence solutions. Ericsson is also rolling out digital labs. Ericsson continues to support the digital lab program in deep slot. The department has since allocated 9 million for this digital skills program. Honorable members, we know that the state-owned entities have not been performing as desired. However, we remain committed to addressing this. As part of the income generating strategy, Sapoi has a partnership with the US e-commerce giant Wish. Over and above, the post office continues to successfully pay social grants to citizens despite the COVID-19 pandemic challenges. Over 10 million SASA social grants beneficiaries get paid monthly, and this includes the SRD grants. The financial sustainability of SAPO remains our top concern. The department is putting a team of experts to assist with strong business plan for SAPO. As part of enabling environment to attract investment, the department is working closely with the Competition Commission, ICASA, and the mobile network operators to monitor and reduce the cost to communicate, especially data. There's been a reduction of data by all mobile operators by 33% with an average of one gig data costing 99 rands or less. The department will continue to monitor this to ensure not only further reduction of costs, but also ensure good quality of services. We have since allocated 3 million rands for the cost to communicate program. ICASA has published regulations. Honorable Minister. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, the time is up. Thank you, Honorable Chairman. Thank you. Uh, the next speaker from the ANC, Honorable PM Manele. Honorable House Chair, Honorable Members. Honorable Minister of Disability, Mr. Landavin Abrams. Honorable Deputy Minister of Disability, Ms. Pinky Kekana. Honorable Ministers and Deputy Ministers. Acting DG of Disability, Ms. Jordan Gianni, and your fellow de departmental officials, portfolio committee support staff, boards, councils, and executives of entities reporting to the Committee on Communications. 
fellow South Africans joining us in different platforms. Honorable House Chair, in approaching this budget vote debate, I'm reminded that almost six days ago, the community of Sunnyville in Houghton's West Rand, through the cooperation of the NGO Kulumani and the Ainsworth Councillor Luando Hesha, commemorated 30 years since the apartheid state-sponsored black-on-black violence led to the so-called Sunnyville massacre on the 12th of May, 1991. The number of deaths and injuries were not about the might of the attackers, but how lack of infrastructure then, in particular communication infrastructure, disadvantaged the community's ability to save their lives and minimize injuries. Today, Swanville people have basic services under the ANC-led democratic government, but will now be happier to hear that this budget vote 36 to better the lives of the people like those who were in the then Swanville across the country by ensuring, by ensuring that ICT infrastructure is being deployed for connectivity in general and participation in the digital economy in particular. House Chair, the 2020 and 2021 State of the Nation addresses SONAS delivered by His Excellency President Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa identified telecommunications as one of the areas of reform to realize the economic reconstruction and, re and recovery plan. With the 2021 SONA emphasizing on the analog switch off and broadband rollout to SA Connect. It is against this background that I present the budget vote 30 recommendations from the committee, which is led by ANC members and majority for the approval of the House. House Chair, in a budget vote debate like this one, there's a tendency to focus on the inability of the departments and state-owned companies, SOCs, to deliver on their targets. We also tend to focus on the funds appropriated in the form of bailouts in previous years, which had not led to solutions. This general narrative, fellow South Africans, deprives you an opportunity to appreciate and evaluate progress made by the department and its entities in consolidating their capacity to ensure that SONA pronouncements and performance agreements are delivered upon by the ministry, the department and entities under the rigorous oversight of parliament. Please allow me, House Chair, without presenting every observation and recommendation stated in this vote 30 committee report to highlight a few points on consolidation of the department and entities to deliver on this budget vote. The department has been able to meet its target of consolidating DOC and DTPS into one Department of Communications and Digital Technologies, DCTT, with strengthened administrative capacity to ensure delivery and entity oversight. As already stated by the minister, there's no doubt that the department is up to the task. The committee remains of the view that the permanent appointment of the TG for this new department will achieve much needed stability in the administration. Fellow South Africans, digital transformation that ensures a digital economy that contributes to radical socioeconomic transformation is also dependent on SOCs that are focused on their developmental mandate. In this instance, there's a need to quickly look at the broadband in FRACO, BBI, State Information and Technology Agency, CITA, and USASA, USAF. BPIs and entity has been championing the broadband rollout and obligations on SA Connect for almost 10 years.
this SOC has used its own generated revenue projects with a good track record, both in terms of delivery and improved audit outcomes. The committee supports the need for the shareholder to invest 100 million as equity for BPI to further improve its infrastructure expansion and the ability to attract much needed partnership from the market. This will make it possible for BPI to continue supporting SMMEs in general and participation of HDI's entities in the delivery of their programs specifically. House Chair, CETA has been known for lack of delivery to its clients and marred by supply chain irregularities in the recent past. That narrative is changing for the better after the introduction of the repurposing of CETA and the deployment of the fit for purpose executive caretaker as demonstrated in the quarterly reports presented to the committee. CETA is at 40% of SMME share in terms of procurement participation with intentions of going beyond in this budget vote. More departments, other government spheres and sister entities are increasingly enlisting CETA as a service provider of choice, thanks to rigorous oversight of the department and parliament. Fellow South Africans, the automation, the automation of supply chain processes at CETA, which should be the way to go by other departments, government spheres and entities, is not only about modernizing and reshaping supply chain processes, but a major step in the fight against corruption and state capture, a commitment that the ANC made in its manifesto. This approach allows the public to know who gets the tender, why is the tender awarded, how is the tender awarded, and reasons for cancellation of tenders. Indeed, CETA is demonstrating that the imbalances of the past can be addressed without compromising integrity, ethics, transparency, and public accountability. The NC once again appreciates the commitment by CETA to invest 500 million in consolidating its infrastructure renewal each year for the next three years, with no possibility of sourcing government bailouts anytime soon. The recently appointed board working with management should ensure business continuity as the administrative component of CETA has been stabilized. House Chairperson, USASA and USAF have also been known for lack of delivery, allegations of malfeasance, and has received a lot of criticism across the board. This has been amongst the reasons for no significant movement in the implementation of digital migration over the years. The appointment of the interim board introduction of the project management office by the shoulder minister to fast track digital migration has been welcomed by the committee as this will ensure that both subsidized and unsubsidized households will finally migrate to enjoy free-to-air channels, which includes the parliament channel that they are currently not accessing from paid TV services. This is made, of course, possible by an increase in the number of vouchers that will be dis distributed to the subsidized, whilst the department engages on reducing prices in the industry for affordability by the unsubsidized market. The committee therefore appreciates the work that has gone in, 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 into different bills that the department is introducing as a minister would have spoken to them. We take these as enablers for consolidation of the entities and awaits the introduction in the parliamentary process. House Chairperson, Fan Act 2016 reckons that the social value of ICT lies in that there should be social benefits that can come 
as a result of the use of ICT in education. The department and its entities understand that it is through massive digital skilling of people that they can reap the benefits of the digital economy. Hence, the committee supports the bursary and citizen skills training budget allocations by different entities, specifically the training partnerships with public schools in rural provinces. Fellow South Africans, today marks the 109th birthday posthumously of a selfless and dedicated liberation struggle icon, Walter Sisulu. Therefore, let me conclude by restating our commitment to use rigorous oversight to ensure our people's minds can move from massacres to massive infrastructure development and from state capture and corruption to a prosperous society championed by the ANC-led democratic, ethical and developmental state. The ANC House Chair supports this vote 30. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Manele. The Honorable Mpele from the DA is the next speaker. Ndiabulela Salonga Pambili, Futi Mandibulise Kuninonke. For any informed and consistent observer of the performance of our public sector for the last 10 years or so, there is only one assessment and glaring conclusion to be made. It is time for change. Longstanding trends of underperformance and failure to meet delivery targets mean that now and more urgently than ever before, it is time to fix the fundamentals and go back to basics. This is abundantly evident in the communications and digital technologies portfolio, where a number of entities are long overdue for fundamental reform, rationalization, and restructuring to turn them around from sluggish and loss-making public companies into self-sustaining and value-adding operations. Because the truth is that with declining economic growth and tax revenue forecasts for the foreseeable future, some kind of painful change will inevitably happen down the line for these entities whether or not they want it or are ready for it. The journey forward must be about facing and dealing with reality as it is, not as we wish it to be. In short, Chairperson, it is time for change. The Portfolio Committee heard repeatedly during the budget vote hearings about the persistent and growing challenge of increasing competition faced by state-owned companies in their respective service markets, as was well relayed to us by Broadband Infraco, the Post Office, and the SABC. Although the minister has to date poured cold water on the idea, we maintain as the DA that some kind of consortium approach in these markets may be more effective and sustainable in the long term meaning the onboarding of private sector equity partners, as has been the discussion regarding other state-owned enterprises like SAA and ESCOM. In alignment with the rhetoric frequently used by President Ramaphosa, state entities should be pursuing cooperative compacts with various quote-unquote social partners and adopting a perspective shift that, prom that promotes collaboration 
instead of competition and between them and brings about synergy instead of the silo approach that has been the status quo. We cannot keep doing what we have always done and expect to achieve different results. A key feature of strategic and effective leadership is to know when it is time to change track and to discern when the conventional ways are no longer appropriate. As my late mother once said to me when I was considering to continue playing rugby as I moved from the under 16 junior division to the open senior division, when there will be older, stronger players than you on the field, which is an, accurate, an acutely applicable caution for many of our state-owned companies. Minister Stelen Dabeni earlier outlined the planned intentions and ambitions of the departments and entities in the portfolio, but there was nothing substantively different from what we have heard or come to expect in these budget vote debates. Successive ANC governments have always been about plans, intentions, and ambitions, but have fallen short on implementation, performance, and results. One can already predict with some degree of confidence that, barring some kind of miracle, the broadcast digital migration process will fall victim to delays, bottlenecks, and budget shortfalls, missing the March 2022 deadline for completion. Assuming that the analog signal switch-off proceeds, regardless of progress with set-top box and voucher subsidy distribution, we can expect that thousands, if not tens of thousands of households will experience what could be called broadcast signal shedding, just as households across the country are currently experiencing power load shedding. Minister, it is time for change in this portfolio, radical and innovative change because without it, for all your good intentions and well-articulated plans, and to borrow a metaphor from aviation, a good flight plan is no good if the aeroplane does not have enough fuel in the tank and its engines are outdated, defective, and in need of major repair and overhaul. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honorable V. Pambo, your turn from the EFF. Thank you very much, Chairperson. It is uh, critical to note the continuing financial failures of this department. Your very own presentation has shown us that for the past four years, this department has been operating at a loss of over 1 billion rands per year. We as the Economic Freedom Fighters are highly skeptical of any projections on how costs will be saved by this department because of the past four years, this very department has been making presentations that put it in a good light while it continues to fail at its fundamental duties. Not only is this department operating at a loss, this is a department that continues to fail to deliver services for the people of South Africa. We know that this department has been failing because we experience it every day. Our mothers and fathers live through these failures when they have to queue for the whole day to get their grants. It is our lived experience. The public has rightfully lost trust in the post office and the entire department as a result of a continued failure to deliver even the most basic of items. 
While the document recognizes the emergence of players such as Take A Lot and the increase in demand for the delivery of goods and ordered on, that are ordered online, this department has failed to take responsibility for its failures to be a legitimate competitor in that space. It is alarming that the department has tried to gloss over the fact that it only achieved six out of 17 of its key performance indicators, which is merely 35% achievement that, can, that can't be acceptable to the, to the people of South Africa who are paying billions every year. We are now 160 days away from local government elections. Unfortunately, we are faced with a situation wherein the administration is not likely to meet its vaccination targets. What this means is that we are going into a campaign season, which is going to be a super spreader event. We are going into a campaign season that is occurring in the middle of winter. It is the absence of a functioning post office, the only scientific post election outcome that we can expect is the loss of life. India is a painful caution for South Africa and any country that wants to hold elections during a pandemic. In other countries, the challenge of voting has been dealt with through the use of the post office. We saw in the, in the 2020 US presidential elections that mail-in voting was used to curtail the spread of COVID-19 during an election season. Unfortunately, this government is closing post offices instead of capacitating them. Unfortunately, this government is going into an election season, having failed once again to capacitate our South African postal services. The CEO should leave the private sector alone to do what they are doing. She should focus on government departments, state-owned entities and municipalities. It should be compulsory for government departments, state-owned entities, municipalities, to use the services of the post office. This is the only way to revive the post office. With respect to the SABC, the approach that seems to be proposed here is one that does not prioritize the core business of South African Broadcasting Service. To, river, to revitalize the South African Broadcasting Service, we need to do more to make sure that once again, the SABC can provide quality content that is attractive to the large number of South Africans who, who, rely, who still rely on it for their entertainment. The EFF remains opposed to the wanton and unstrategic retrenchment of the key personnel within the SABC. What must be done is a reduction in the size of the SABC management and appropriate allocation of funds to the creation of high quality local content. We remain adamant that any attempts to, to privatize SABC are likely to undermine ongoing efforts to reduce price of data in South Africa. As the EFF, we maintain that the most practical way to resolve telecommunication and postal services challenges that face South Africa today begins with the repositioning of ICASA into a Chapter 9 institution. The regulation of communications, broadcasting, postal services underpin our democracy. The issuing of licenses to telecommunications and broadcasting services is meant to serve democracy, the very constitutional right of freedom of expression, including the freedom of press and other media, the freedom to receive or impart information or ideas, and the very freedom of artistic creativity. For the ICASA, for this, ICASA must be independent and subject, and subject itself only to the constitution and the law. 
and they must be impartial and must exercise their powers and perform their functions without fear, favor, or prejudice. It is only then that data will fall and we will be able to deal with MTN and Vodacom duopoly that has stifled the growth of telecommunication, artificial intelligence, and robotics, e-commerce, economy, and many other industries. There will be media diversity, more role players, and address the monopoly of multi-choice. Unless ICASA is an independent constitutional institution, none of these will be available, but only profiteering will continue to thrive unabated and undermine the constitution. We reject this budget. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Pamba. Honorable Zat Majose from the IFP. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The IFP strongly believes in the potential of technology to drive South Africa's economic growth. This vision is equally shared by the Ministry of Communications and Digital Development, whose mission is to promote socio-economic growth and investment. Would like to acknowledge the dynamic growth that has been recorded over the years in the ICT sector. And we are also aware of the improvements recorded in access to broadband and the internet. However, the IFP notes with concern that this growth has rather been unsatisfactory. The cost of data remains too high for most South Africans. This advances made in the availability of internet access in the country have also been disappointing. The Statistics South Africa General Household Survey of 2018 shows that only 64% of households in South Africa had access to the internet, where at least one member had access. While most of these households with access are concentrated in Gauteng and the Western Cape provinces. Dominantly rural provinces are left west off. Less than 50% of households in Limpopo have internet access in the country. We are also quite saddened that our country classified as middle income has failed to achieve impressive digital inclusion of its broader population. We strongly recommend that this digital divide be addressed. It is therefore apparent that despite having a clear mandate, the minister through various pieces of legislation over the years has not delivered most, on most of its promises. This is a betrayal of their own mission and vision statements. The ministry failure to reduce the cost of data has left us skeptical about their future objectives and to provide internet access to 80% of the country's population by 2024. We also note with concern the promises made on making a complete changeover from analog to digital transmitters by the end of 2021. The IFP further notes the recent proposal to merge the ministry with SOE entities. It is worrying that some of these SOEs have been underperforming and are involved in corruption-related activities. The IFP is of the view that these proposed measures are not the solution to the problem. Rather, they indicate denial to deal with corruption and underperformance. We recommend the privatization of SOEs related to the ministry. We are in support of the budget cuts made by the Treasury to the ministry as the service cut from the budget and non-essential of the operational capacity of the minister. The IFP supports this budget vote. Thank you, Chair.
Thank you, Honorable Majose. I'm told that Freedom Front Plus is not participating. We now invite the Deputy Minister, Honorable the Deputy Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies. Thank you, Honorable Speaker, Honorable Chairperson of the House, and my Chair, my... Oh, sorry. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson of the House. I hope my video is... Very clear. Okay. Very clear. Very Thank clear. you, Chair. I would not use uh, the other word. I can say it's very clear. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Let me recognize the Minister, Minister Stellan Dabeni Abrahams of the Department, the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Maneli, and Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, our Acting Director General, Chairpersons and CEOs of various SOEs, Senior Government Officials, esteemed industry captains and partners, Members of the media, ladies and gentlemen, Dimasiar, fellow South Africans, 25 years and 10 days ago, the South African constitution, considered by many as one of the most advanced in the world with a Bill of Rights second to none, was adopted with a 421 to 12 vote in this very August house. It was truly a day for South Africa and Africa to shine when Deputy President Tabombeki made the iconic I am an African speech, setting us up for leadership of our continent. And it is on this celebratory note that we wish the people of Africa, both on the continent and in the diaspora, a wonderful Africa day on the 25th of May. We can only build the Africa we want if we work together. In this theme of working together with the minister, we have in the last two years been hard at work in repositioning the department with our 2021-2022 plan, deliberately focusing on economic recovery so that even in this unprecedented era of uncertainty and disruption, we can continue to create economic opportunities for our people and at the same time protect them from technological vulnerabilities. Honorable Chair, that is what accountable leadership requires of us. We are grateful for the continued support and guidance we received in the last two years from this house and all our stakeholders. And we want to still say, ours is to continue saving public in the future, you must in support of the plan already by the minister, allow me to emphasize and add a few priority areas linked not only to our theme of economic recovery, but to the priorities of the ruling party as per the resolution of the 54th National Elective Conference in Nazareth in 2017 and the manifesto of my party. Our priorities on a rules the chair and the house are linked to strengthening of policy and regulatory framework as the minister spoke to, stabilization of SOEs and turnaround, information security and cybersecurity, protection of children and 
from online harm, skills development from youth and women empowerment. And Minister went elaborate on that. Honorable Chair on strengthening of policy and regulatory environment. Following cabinet approval, we published a draft white paper on audio and audiovisual content for public comments in October, 2020, which set out a new vision for the audiovisual sector and the wider cultural creative industries. The public consultations on the policy are in process and we hope to submit the final policy through the minister to cabinet in this financial year for immediate implementation. We have also gazetted the data, the data and cloud policy for public consultations, which complements existing measures in unlocking the socioeconomic value of data in South Africa, also to be finalized through the Minister for Cabinet approval this year. Following the signing of FPB Amendment Act into law in 2019 and the subsequent guidelines, the FPB is currently developing a content classification index for Africa seeking to create a set of linked scale indices for African content regulators. The harmonization of content regulation in Africa event was hosted by South Africa in March, 2021. Countries represented included South Africa as the chair of the steering committee, Nigeria, Kenya, Eswatini, Malawi, and Zambia. 10 critical success factors were identified going forward of which I want to highlight a few of the most important, and that is promoting local content creation and audience development, giving the youth a voice by including them in all future harmonization and engagement, linking in-country child sexual abuse material reporting hotlines to international hotlines network. On stabilization of SOEs and turnaround, I'll take it from where the minister said and say, the stability of SOEs is at the center of our economic recovery. And these entities are not only vehicles for job creation, they are also strategic levers for policy implementation, delivering services to our people. It has been a year of trial and tribulation for the national broadcaster, and there is no way uh, Honorable Chain responds to what Honorable Pambo was saying, that we have any intention to privatize the SABC. It has been uh, a challenge, and as such, let us start with what occupied most of the media coverage and conversations about the SABC in the last financial year, in a quote by the board chairperson, and I quote, the final number of employees who exited the corporation on the 31st of March, 2021 was 621, with a total of a severance package of about 164 million rand, which will be recovered within five months. The total guaranteed remuneration packages of those 621 positions is about 457 million rand per year. And this means that our total salary bill target of 700 million reduction will be fully realized over a three-year period by 2023-2024, as the annual salary increase freeze of at most three years is implemented, plus the three alternatives proposed by management. Honorable Chair, this potential savings will however be reduced when the current 468 vacancies are filled. 
Management will ensure only critical vacancies are filled to mitigate any risk of an increase in the compensation bill. I would like to add that the retrenchments were the most painful and emotionally challenging process, but necessary for the survival of the SABC, close quote. The retrenchment of public servants during one of the world's biggest crises will unfortunately be marked against the public broadcaster. But as they have said themselves, there are potential savings that will have to be shown in this coming financial year and which will have to be reported on by them in the next year budget's vote speech. Speaking of which, the total bailout funds have been dispensed to the organization to fund its turnaround. And as at the end of 2021, the entity had cash balance of 1.4 billion on hand, a shift in the right direction considering where the organization was last year this time. The five-year partnership with Telcom on Telcom One will house the public broadcasters free to air radio and TV channels, a first of its kind digital courage agreement, live streaming the most popular TV and radio programs. They also launched a dedicated education channel on multiple platforms and, in, and inter, interrupted scheduled free-to-air programming to bring hashtag Waza Africa to millions of metrics. The SABC were very excited to report to us of their 24-hour spot channel on DTT and OpenView DTH. We look forward to more progressive interventions from the public broadcaster like this. Fellow South Africans, we call on you to do your part by choosing to pay your TV license fees. It costs only 265 rand a year, and it's the right thing to do. Honorable members, I'm happy to announce that the new permanent CEO of Zetna has been appointed, bringing the necessary stability at the entity which is in charge of our critical intangible assets, domain name. The new FPB board has been appointed and duly inducted. The board will initiate a process to appoint the executives and ensure that the entity is well capacitated to implement the Film and Publication Board Amendment Act signed into law by our own president in 2019. On information security and cybersecurity, Honorable Chair, cybersecurity is a national imperative and demands a coordinated and holistic approach, especially so for cybersecurity awareness initiatives, which need to reach all residents of a country, especially in a country like ours, where cyberbullying, cyber gender-based violence, cyber stalking, and revenge pornography are a part of our daily lives. It does not discriminate on the basis of location, wealth and status, but women and youth and people with disabilities seem to be the majority of the victims. In line with their mandate, the Cybersecurity Hub implemented a national cybersecurity awareness portal, creating a platform for citizens to report cyber incidents and assist victims of cyber crime amongst others. Honorable Chair, with the increase in violence both in the physical and online worlds, 
the, during the pandemic. The Cybersecurity Hub has created a community radio station campaign broadcast on approximately 65 community radio stations, reaching an estimated 5 million uh, people. And this is a current campaign as we continue the work of awareness and discussion uh, on cybersecurity in South Africa, on protection of children from online harm, protecting the African child is a pivotal part of the work of most of the nation states on the continent. And, it, and it's a proud day for South, Africa, for South Africans that the FPB has taken the lead on this for the continent. The FPB has put in place the necessary safeguards and, and trust FPB with enforcement and empowers to protect our children and ensure the safety of our citizens by regulating and disseminate, dissemination of content by commercial online distributors, making revenge pornography illegal and punishable by law. Our minister went through on the issues of skills development on a on a rural chair, but I want to say from where the dots in this financial year 2021 to 2022, there's a project that our entity will be aiming to launch, which gives schools and learners safe and secure digital identities and domain name, and will also empower SMEs in the ICT, with, together with the ICT sector, starting with a pilot in 200 public schools at an estimated cost of 4 million rand. I'm particularly looking forward to also the project of digitizing the inform, informal and township economies which will identify new economic opportunities to bolster existing channels and with the domain name system value chain. And as I conclude, Honorable Chair, in the spirit of Build, build Back Better and in partnership with the Department of Women and Youth and People with Disabilities, we will create specific programs in the technology industry to improve the gender transformation of the sector as it is one of the poorest transformation sectors in the world today. Honorable Chair and members, in the then chairman, in, the, in conclusion, in the then chairman of the Constitutional Assembly, one Cyril Ramaphosa said in his speech on the day of the Constitution, when the Constitution was adopted, and I quote, this Constitution, also creates a framework for sound and effective government in South Africa. It is good for investors and it is also good for the rent. Cooperation, accountability, responsiveness and openness are entrenched as the principles of government at all levels in South Africa. It is in these simple fundamentals of the constitution that we need to uphold today as we build back better. Nkosi, kia Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Minister. We now call from the ACTP, the Honorable WM Thrain, as I hand over to the Honorable Chair, Lesuma. Honorable House Chairperson, the ACDP expresses its concern that South Africa is falling behind in the digital and ICT sector, with not enough emphasis placed on giving access to affordable digital data to all South Africans. The ACDP has noted the switch from voice to data 
and the effective cost of data, which means that access to digital platforms is not accessible to lower income households. With the prepaid and lower income market being where most growth is expected and indeed needed, we must challenge the high cost of data. During lockdown, schools were closed and learners had to engage in online lessons. But the learners with most that were most negatively impacted in their schooling were those unable to access digital learning platforms. And sadly, it is these students who need, who most need access to allow them to, to be active future participants in the South African economy. The ACDP contends that we must connect the unconnected, disconnected and disenfranchised in rural areas and reduce the cost of communication and data nationwide to effectively allow all learners access to equal education. ICASA must continue working on regulatory initiatives aimed at reducing the cost of communication and making it more affordable for all South Africans, especially those already marginalized by geography and income levels. The lockdown imposed has seen an increase in the internet service uh, provider development, and we have seen South Africa's fiber network and data center markets growing. The ACDP, however, expresses concern that we've had 5G rollouts by service providers even before the department's 5G policy and the relevant health and safety impact assessments on 5G could be concluded. The ACDP is aware that 95 million rand has been allocated to the post office for the migration from analog televisions to digital uh, signal for 21-22 financial year with digital set-top boxes. The year 2021 was planned for the switch-off year for analog broadcasting, but with our harsh lockdown and the blundering from one target date to the next, it is anyone's guess how many of the 3.2 million indigent television households to be migrated through subsidized vouchers will actually receive their digital set-top boxes. Clearly, there has been poor service delivery and media coverage by the department and the public broadcaster to lead migration awareness and to complete the migration process. In conclusion, just as we have seen the demise of the video rental industry with the move to digital content, the ACDP contends that if we do not adequately invest in digital technology, we will be left behind by our counterparts and will see the demise of those industries that have refused to invest in digital development in this fast-paced, changing world of technology. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable House Chair Tombella, and thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize member from uh, UTM. UTM. We'll, we'll proceed, Honorable Members, to recognize Honorable Mackenzie of the DA. Um, thank you, House Chair. Good evening to you, all protocol observed. Having engaged with the South African Post Office at last on its long-awaited annual report for the year ended March 2020, we now know why it's been so long in the coming. The South African Post Office is hopelessly bankrupt, with no indication of how it will fund its multi-billion rand loss-making operation going forward into 2021 and 2022, with even more billions in accumulated debt. Full credit to SAPA executives, Mrs. Ruthenham and Governor, who last week were left to fend off questions from the Portfolio Committee, while the Minister, the SABC Board, and its new CEO sat on the sidelines, munching popcorn. And what a show it was, as the list of unanswered questions is as long as my arm. Like, 
Why have pension contributions been deducted from SAPO staff? Salaries are not paid over to the fund administrators. Like why have medical aid contributions been deducted but not paid over to the medical aid, leaving staff helpless and vulnerable in the middle of a pandemic? And when will outstanding rental arrears on now locked post offices be settled? And in the meantime, how do customers access their post, registered mail or medicines? And while the sapper grinds to a screeching bankrupt halt, it casts their heads to court to enforce the sapper's sub one kilogram mail monopoly, a cynical move as the sapper negotiated with government for a subsidy for its universal service obligation that this very monopoly is meant to fund. It's also deeply ironic for a government that claims to support competition to be hell bent on shutting out efficient and competitive courier companies, many SMMEs, to enforce a monopoly for SAPO that can't even keep the lights on in its branches, get, gets an audit disclaimer from the AG, and can't continue as a going concern. If you're going to be two-faced, then at least try to make one of them pretty. SAPO's annual report says, and I quote, the SAPO is without doubt currently experiencing substantial doubt on going concern, end quote. Here's a promise from me to every SAPO director. You will be held personally liable in terms of the Companies Act, for continuing to trade insolvently and recklessly, and I will lay those charges myself. The communications department previously pioneered a solution that is the only way out for sovereign. Do what you did with Telcom. Keep a minority share, but find a private sector partner willing to take the SAPO and make it what it should be, but act quickly, the lost billions demand it. Immediately on taking office, Minister Stella and Benny Abrams, in a great move, issued a policy directive to ICASA to get the spectrum released after more than a decade of government doing nothing with it. In his Sona speech, the president hoped any spectrum auction wouldn't get bogged down in litigation. I'd agree with him, but then we'd have both been wrong. As given ICASA's apparent fondness for litigation, it isn't surprising to hear Telcom, MTN, Vodacom, Rain, and even ETV have headed to court over ICASA's invitation to, to apply for high demand spectrum. This is the same ICASA that, to their credit, sensibly allocated unused spectrum temporarily to the sector during the national lockdowns, resulting in improved network service quality and reduced communication costs, even as demand for data and higher bandwidth shot through the roof. Temporary spectrum licensees pay hundreds of millions a year for its use, money our severely constrained fiscus desperately needs. Withdrawing this temporary spectrum means it will simply lay idle until the various court actions have run their course, which including appeals could take up to three years. ICASA will also be going against its own COVID-19 regulations, which correctly anticipated exponential growth in demand for data services during the disaster management period. As millions of South Africans continue to benefit from temporary spectrum, withdrawing it will result in network congestion and may force people back into the physical office at a time when less than 1% of the population is vaccinated. As the court processes continue to finality, it's in the national interest to leave the temporary spectrum in the hands of those telecommunications companies able to use it. Simply put, its return is a lose-lose for all. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. Now I recognise Member from AIC. We'll proceed, Honourable Members. Now I recognise Honourable Madisha of COPE. Honourable Madisha. Uh, Hello? Loud and, clear. Loud and clear and stop moving. There are papers moving. All right. 
what is tabled before us is extremely significant given uh, what is cited. On a point of order, Chair. Sorry about that. Honorable Fadam, point of order. Chair, you seem to have skipped Honorable Gumbu just by going uh, according to the list. Um, I don't know if maybe the ANC has. Oh, the no, 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 no. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's allow all. Honorable Matisha, can you just step down a little bit? My apology for that. Thank you very much. Honorable uh, Gumbu from the ANC, over to you. My apology for that, Honorable Member. Thanks, Chair. Uh, Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, Honorable Members. In recent years, we have witnessed uh, many incidents of people abusing online platforms and uh, circulating inappropriate content. Adults uh, discreetly taking advantage of kids. We were all shocked and saddened by the recent incident of Rufunoma Wunga from Nigeria in Limpopo, may his soul rest in peace, who was physically assaulted by a 14-year-old peer and publicly humiliated on social media before she took the step to commit suicide. While we enjoy all the benefits of communicating on social media platforms, it is with great concern that some people see these platforms as an opportunity to harm others, intentionally or unintentionally. Honorable Chair, striking a balance between empowering and protecting children online is of paramount importance. As part of the department's consultation process with stakeholders towards the development of a children and ICT strategy, it has been found that there is no coherent strategy towards achieving children's empowerment and protection in the ICT sector. The key focus of the department is therefore to promote and raise awareness on online protection of children. One of the key partners in the efforts to protecting children online is Film and Publication Board, FBP. They are the custodians of Film and Publications Act that governs the classification of films and uh, publications to prevent children from being exposed to harmful content on television and uh, the internet. We commend the partnership of the FBP, FPB and government on the development of a coherent action plan on child online protection. The ANC is proud that on, on the 15th of October, Tsanin Digital College in Linyanya Village in Greater Tsanin Local Municipality. This initiative is a result of a public-private partnership. It fulfills the ANC government's aim of taking digital technology to rural communities in order to begin closing the digital divide in our society. This college will offer unique courses for everyone, including children from as young as four, including among others, robotics and coding for learners from preschool to grade nine, design thinking for learners from grade five to grade 12, digital library for all school learners. She means business program and she will connect program. These programs will empower girls and women with entrepreneurial skills, online safety, basic computer skills and website design. We must embrace artificial intelligence and technology and deploy e-system to address the challenges of poverty, unemployment, and inequality in our country and continent.
The fourth industrial revolution must harness and place at the disposal of the program of transformation on which our country has embarked since 1994. Our program of transformation must be focused on growing the South Africa we want through the realization of crucial priorities that apply to all sectors of society. The fourth industrial revolution technologies must enable us to address the priorities set out in our 2019 election manifesto, which form the mandate of the sixth administration. This includes enhancing economic transformation and job creation, improving our education outcomes and skills, revolution and ensuring healthy nation, consolidating the social wage through reliable and quality basic services, advancing social cohesion and safe communities, and creating a capable, ethical and developmental state. The ANC is proud that South Africa was ranked by the Dell Digital Transformation Index among top 10 countries leading the digital transformation change necessary to compete in the 21st century. Our country is not tracked in advancing the vision we had set out to achieve by 2030 in the NDP. One million young people will be trained in data science and related skills by 2030. COVID-19 has increased reliance on digital and automated services. And this makes the digital economy critical to our overall reconstruction and recovery plan. South Africa has been ranked first as a destination for global business services in the world in a survey which took uh, the views of 600 executives from eight key sourcing markets. That's Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the UK, and the US. This remarkable achievement will not have been possible without the close cooperation between the industry, organized labor and government. The ANC is committed to vision of building a South African model of a democratic developmental state. One of the most important attributes of the developmental state is its capacity to regulate markets and society. In this regard, the ANC welcomes the initiative that the Department of Communication and Digital Technologies has embarked on to match some of its entities in line with a plan to rationalize state entities. These measures are in line with President Matamela Ramaphosa's announcement that government will undertake a process of uh, the rationalization of SOEs to ensure that they serve strategic, economic, or developmental purposes. We are looking forward to the domain name authority.zetna, the film and publication board and communication regulator ICASA merging to form one regulator. The ANC has a keen interest in seeing the SAB turn around and ensuring that it never finds itself in the position it was in before. We want to see the SABC break, break even and self-sustaining. The SABC has a number of planned intervention in this regard, and this includes most containment, which we hope will lead to see the financial position of the entity improving over the medium term. House Chair, the SABC has been allocated around 30 million to cover the upcoming local government elections. We remain hopeful that despite its challenges, it is going to be able to provide fair, transparent, and equitable coverage of the elections and provide accurate and reliable educational information to South Africans leading up to election day. As I conclude, House Chair, the ANC commits to continue playing its oversight role by monitoring and ensuring implementation of recommendations emanating from the committee meeting with the Auditor General. Amongst others, this relates to ensuring that 
Department and its entities develop an effective action plan to cover the financial statements, compliance with legislation and performance reporting, ensuring that the department and the entities implement consequence management where wrongdoing has been identified. Ensuring that the department and its entities actions plan form part of the performance contract of senior officials. Ensuring that a task team with uh, the department within the department is established and capacitated to adequately monitor the implementation of each entity's action plan, ensuring that key vacancies are prioritized and filled with competent officials, ensuring that the department and its entities review and improve systems and controls to ensure quality of the financial statements, compliance with legislation and quality performance reporting. Honorable House Chair, the ANC supports vote 30 on communication and digital technologies. Dear Rebuwa, thank you. Thank you, Honorable. Uh, now I recognize Honorable Matisha. Uh, uh, what is tabled before us is extremely significant, given what is cited to be the main purpose by the uh, department, which as expressed, is intended to create an enabling environment for inclusive growth in the ICT sector by developing policies and legislation that promote infrastructure investment and socioeconomic development. Its further relevance and, and importance is its objective to create the ICT capacity for all South Africans to compete not only within the realm of existence, but also beyond our country's border. For all this to succeed, we need a capable, effective, and incorruptible uh, administration. I table these three basic requirements because the opposite has taken place in this department and led to the failure of many important ideals. For our county to achieve the requirements I put before us, I call on the minister to, without fail, ensure implementation of all conditions for appropriations. The fact that some of the large budget amounts have not been spent is a clear proof that we need proper administration that will have the capacity to actualize what we agree upon. Honorable Minister, I support your declaration that a number of people will be trained to help South Africans for the latter to have and enjoy the declared purposes. My problem is, however, the number of people you declare shall be trained. 73,000 is not enough. If you were to accept the reality that millions of South Africans are, and for a long time a coming shall be unemployed and even illiterate in the villages and some of our townships. You have given your declared ICT enterprise and public entity oversight. Looking at the departmental agencies and accounts, as well as public corporations, South Africans are without doubt faced with some of the state-owned entities that look down upon decisions taken by, by parliament, which consists of 400 people sent by South Africans to protect what belongs to the poor 
South Africans. SABC management, for example, merely listens to uh, the decisions we make and continues to ignore and do the opposite. Our decisions are ignored. The poor workers are not respected. More and more people are kicked out of jobs. My question, therefore, is what next, uh, Honorable Minister? More has got to be done. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable PAC from PAC. PAC. Honorable Members, we shall proceed. I recognize Honorable Fandam of DA. Honorable Chairperson, thank you very much. It can no longer be business as usual in government because it is times unusual. As governments across the world have evolved with the challenges that the global pandemic has presented, ours remains stuck, unable to do the very, very basics. On the frontier of, globe, of digital transformation, we lag far behind. And to compare apples to apples, other African countries have embraced e-governance and accelerated this digital transformation to cushion their people against the social, economic, and healthcare blows of COVID-19. Here are a few examples. When the pandemic hit Togo, its government quickly assembled a system using machine learning algorithms to detect signs of poverty in satellite photos and cell phone data to provide its most disadvantaged with mobile cash payments. In Rwanda, robots were used to minimize human-to-human -human contact to protect its frontline and healthcare workers. In Ghana, drones were used to collect test samples from healthcare facilities in rural areas and deliver them to laboratories in the country's two largest cities. In Sierra Leone, a quarantine app was created to log and track dates in and expected dates out of quarantined persons, food delivery, psychosocial support, and other services. Many others on our continent use the pandemic as fresh impetus to invest in innovation. But what is stopping the South African government? It is a lack of will. It is a lack of innovative vision. And the fact of the matter is, Chair, innovation lies at the heart of charting a new path for South Africa's prosperity. Innovation will provide solutions to the old problems facing our country. Innovation will provide the economic opportunities to lost to recover lost GDP and create jobs. Innovation chairperson will ultimately provide South Africa with a disruptive moment towards bringing lasting change and improve the lives of our people. I do not merely aim to speak of the problems, but also offer solution. As a start, a chief innovation officer must be appointed whose primary responsibility will be to manage the process of digital transformation and change management across, the, across government. A council must be set up whose focus will be making sure that our legal framework can adapt quickly for new technological advancements. Governments must actively identify startups which have created technological tools to improve service delivery and enter into partnerships with them. However, Digital innovation can only go so far if the digital divide in our country continues to exist.
the gaps in internet access and coverage across the country will mean that digital transformation will only benefit a privileged few. The cost to communicate and access to the internet remains too high. Every year we are told we are going to, we are going to, we are going to, we are going to, the people of our country cannot eat, we are going to. The digital divide needs to be closed, otherwise rural communities, the youth and low-income households will be excluded from reaping the rewards of innovation. A key point, and this is very important, Chairperson, unless government can provide basic service delivery such as electricity, water, sanitation, the digital solutions will be hamstrung. Innovate while at the same time improving service delivery. Government must learn to operate in the new normal. The fourth industrial revolution is not just a buzzword and something to embroider onto uh, jumpsuits. It is a new normal. It is what the world is operating in. There is no pre-COVID normal to return to. It is important that our government places digital transformation, innovation front and center of their agenda. Thank you, Honorable Member. Your time is up. Thanks. James. Now I, I now I recognize Honorable Kubega of the ANC. Uh, thank you ma very much, uh, Honorable House Chair, uh, Honorable Minister, and Deputy Minister, Honorable Members. We are considering this budget vote a day after we celebrated the commemoration of the World Telecommunication and Information Society Day. It was in November 2005 when the World Summit of the Information Society called upon the UN General Assembly to declare 17 May as World Information Society Day to focus on the importance of ICT and wide range of issues related to the information society. The origins of the day date back of the signing of the first International Telegraph Convention of the 17th May 1865, which marked the establishment of the International Telecommunication. The BDM status as part of celebrating this day, the Minister of Communication and Digital Technology, Honorable Stella Ndabeni Ibrahims, was on the ground to witness the analog switch of the television broadcast services in Bethlehem in the Shabeng local municipality. This follows a concerted effort by the department. The state-owned companies under the mandate of external stakeholders involved in the digital migration program. So far, 16 analog transmitters have been switched off since March 2021 in the Free State. It is encouraging that additional four low-power secondary sites linked to Bethlehem were switched off yesterday. The analog switch off in the Free State is continuing simultaneously with the switch off in the Northern Cape province. In fulfillment of the president's commitment to the nation of of a complete switch off by March 2022. The ANC commends the department for its vigorous plan, which entails the distribution of 1.5 million set-top boxes across the country. Our people appreciate the fact that to date, 
810,000 subsidized set-top box installation are being coordinated and monitored in four provinces, which is Free State, Northern Cape, Northwest, and Limpopo. Over the years, this project has suffered a lot of delays. We trust that the efforts of the minister and her team of ensuring that this project is officially off the ground and well on its way to meet and, and well off its way to meeting the president deadline announced, announced during the SONA in February will bear fruit. The SA Connect. In the same state of the nation address, the president confirmed that the SA Connect project has been approved. The rollout of broadband to schools, hospitals, police stations, and other government facilities must continue to prioritize and ensure better service delivery and efficiency. As part of the oversight responsibility, Honorable uh, Stelanda Beni also tested the speed and functionality of broadband connectivity that provides internet access the learners by remotely connecting from a public library in Bethlehem to a school in Putarichaba in Kwatwa. The connection of 970 government facilities to the National Health Insurance Database in eight district municipalities across seven provinces is a remarkable achievement. Job creation in line with ANC manifesto. The department working together with its entities in contributing to the, to the resolution of the 2018 Presidential Job Summit to create additional 275,000 jobs each year. This target will only be achieved when employment opportunities, internships, and training, op uh, and training opportunities of the young people are created on mass scale and through supporting the procurement of goods and services for, from SMMEs. A good example in this regard is CETA, which has an acquisition spend of 40% from Black-owned companies. The BDM SA Connect, Centec and Nemisa. The ANC is proud of 100% achievement of Centec predetermined objectives as approved by the shareholder. As a result, the customer satisfaction index has improved from 68.25% to 73% due to customer engagement and by becoming more customer-centric. An overachievement of 98.38% of planned digital skills training interventions were implemented against an annual target of 85%. The entity also managed to launch e-learning digital products for their customers. This is indeed encouraging, and we hope that we can reach this level of capacity with all our entities. USASA is continuing with implementation of the BDM project in line with the revised timelines. In implementing this project, the agency has employed 37 unemployed graduates in seven provinces. These are the Free State, Northern Cape, Northwest, Mpumalanga, 
Eastern Cape, Limpopo, and KwaZulu-Natal. These young people will drive proactive registration of qualification of qualifying households and further ensure that decoders are installed at all local municipality level. NEMISA, on the other hand, strives to be at the forefront of digital transformation and innovation in addressing South Africa's unemployment problems. It does this by skilling and reskilling youth, unemployment persons, and communities in general. The NEMISA Digital Skills Training Program has a registration of 49,722 learners. Other initiatives include expansion of the Yaruna Digital Literacy Project into all provinces. 15,000 people are targeted to be trained this year. Three contract facilitators are to be appointed per province, and it is expected that 27,000 people will be digitally skilled through this mechanism. The LMS is targeted to train 10,000 people via online courses. NEMISA recently launched over the top platform will allow learners to access content through pre-recorded videos. It is anticipated that more than 15,000 will be used the OTT channel by the end of this year. Critical role of the post office. The vultures in the private sector are their political vanguard parties. The DA and Freedom Front Plus are already circling the South African post office as if it is a dead animal. The ANC government cannot allow SAPO to die because it is a provider of an essential services for, for social grant payments and other services. Our post office is a key shareholder in delivering on government's developmental objects. It is able to bring basic services to remote rural as well as urban and peri-urban areas. Its network is currently the largest point of presence nationally and is able to connect government businesses and citizens anywhere in South Africa. This is owing to its footprint in the length and breadth of South Africa, of, of the country. SAPO ensures that 8.1 million SASA beneficiaries are paid monthly, 2.6 million school books and delivered of almost 4,000 schools in Limpopo and Northern Cape. Over 6,000 new street addresses are rolled out and almost 1.2 million qualifying beneficiaries are registered to the, for the DTT subsidized set-top boxes and 549,426 STBs issued. Honorable Chairperson, this gives an indication of the magnitude role that SAPO plays in our society, it is therefore in our interest that it repositioned, it repositioned so that it, it operates optimally with high levels 
of effectiveness and efficiency. We share the concern of the people regarding SAPO offices closing down and those that are slow to deliver. In the same vein, we commend the ministerial intervention to open the offices to ensure that our people receive their parcels. In order to address the service delivery challenges, SAPO aims to expand its role in e-commerce by facilitating interaction between small craftsmen and traders in South Africa and buyers. It is also looking to the platform as one of the measures to return to profit. In conclusion, Chen, when the experiment of putting black faces to dress up the lily white DA in some leader of the party, pretended diversity, some of experiments such as Honorable Fandam and for the former leader of the Thank party, you, member. by Thank the you, name Honorable of Musi Maimane Benefitex. Time is up, Honorable they Member. Got time is up. Person, point of order. I raised it before she stopped. On Honorable Chairperson, no. I support the budget. I If both of you are talking and I'm calling here to order, what I'm supposed to do, Honorable Member? Order. Let's hey, hear the oh, point of order. I haven't thanked her. Let's hear the point of order. Chairperson, uh, I would like this Honorable Kubeka, who appears to be some sort of scientist, uh, to give us her scientific expertise. Point of order. And not Chairperson, Mamela Chair. Uh, I would like no, you to. No, Fandam, just, just respectfully so. Give me the point of order so that I can make a ruling. Chairperson, please give no, a no. ruling on whether a human being in Parliament can be referred to as an experiment. Um, the Honorable Kubeka appears to be a scientist who can decide uh, human beings are an experiment. So can you please let me know whether it's a parliament should you start calling people uh, experiments because then we can all start calling each other names uh, if that's the, the conduct that's going to be acceptable here. Thank you. Honorable Pega, um, were, you referring, were you making a reference to Honorable Fandami if you say she's an experience? Experiment. Honorable Chair, when I'm raising the issues, I'm raising the issues on the based on the. Honorable Member, were you referring to a person if you're saying experiment? I'm not raising. I'm. I'm not referring to the person, Honorable Chair. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. She is lying to you. She said. And I heard okay, of it. That, okay, experiments that's fine. Like Van Damme. She mustn't lie. She said experiments like Van Damme. No, but Honorable Van Damme. Please, please rule on whether it is parliamentary no, to honorable a member of parliament as an experiment. She said, like Van Damme, people are experiments. She must have the courage of her convictions. Oh, no, no, wait, Honorable Van Damme. Not, not make a no, don't make a presentation. Honorable Kupega, you can only refer to an organization, not a person. Can we Indeed, I've raised to say on the DA, 
Honorable members, honorable members, I have to listen to the hindsight because I didn't hear the other part. So I, I can't argue. Allow me in due course, we'll come with a, 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 a ruling on the matter because I have to listen to the audio. No, thank you. Let's, let's proceed, thank honorable you, members. Thank you, honorable. Allow me, honorable members, to recognize the Minister of Communication and Digital Technologies, Honorable Minister Ndabeni. Over to you, ma'am. Thank you so much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. And I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the honorable members for their valuable inputs towards the work that we are mandated to do as the department. And as I say that, to say we are taking to into consideration uh, all the, 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 the inputs that they've made as we seek to improve the performance of the department that we are responsible for. Just to mention a few things, uh, Honorable Chairperson, uh, of course, um, as the department, we have tried, if you observe, uh, in the last four years, it, as it has been reported wrongly so here, that uh, the department has been uh, having poor performance. Actually, we have registered over 80% over the last three years. That's something that we have accounted and reported to parliament, and it's on the public records. So, honorable members, we just thought that it's important that we clarify that. And of course, including the racialization of the state and owned entities, because the minute we discovered that the unit of analysis has changed, we therefore needed to make sure that we reconfigure the entities in order to be responsive to the, the analysis that is being used today. Of course, it takes time as parliamentarians will understand that it doesn't take less than 18 to 24 months to, 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 to develop a law. And this is the process, hence we outlined earlier that the business cases have been developed, that now we've gathered certain things for public consultation in a quest to ensure that indeed we reposition our entities to be the best entities that we can have. I don't expect those that do not envisage a state that can be able to understand. Of course, if you come from an environment that ensured that the state-owned entities, they serve only a few at expense of the majority, you would panic when we talk of interventions that have to be made. We will just urge all members to be patient, allow the state to serve the majority of the people of South Africa. Of course, recognize the historical legacies that we have inherited whilst you are addressing the future and the current challenges. We are aware, again, honorable members, that there's lots of challenges that we face as the state-owned entities in the department. And this is why we have, for several times, appealed to yourselves to say, we are trying to ensure that step-by-step we really address those. The CETA that was reported about to have been perceived as one of the companies that, that, that is corrupt, including USASA, indeed investigations have been carried out and we are awaiting all those processes because we are a government that respects the constitution of the country. Therefore, we've got to make sure that all processes are adhered to. This is because of the resolve that has been taken by the ANC government which in no uncertain terms have made it clear that we are going to fight against corruption. And for that, we are willing to die for it. We are willing to do anything as long as we cleanse the state of this corruption and, of course, a bad tendency that deprives our people of quality service. The BDM delays indeed has been 13 years. 
correctly so from 2008 ever since the project was introduced but as i reported we are proud to say for the very first time yesterday we switched off and this is a milestone that honorable members should be celebrating but putting in place of course the caution that they are putting to say if we do not address the shortfalls in terms of the budget if we do not look into the monitoring as we did not do in the past this project indeed will face a threat and this is why we said there's a need for us to establish a rapid, a rapid deployment team that must look into ensuring that as and when the challenges arise, they're immediately uh, addressed. Of course, we continue to engage with the Minister of Finance in ensuring that the shortfall that, that, that we need will be provided. But we know that currently we have 1.6 billion that we need to spend, which is what we're talking about when we talk about the second phase, which looks into the voucher processes. Again, honorable members, as we talk about the challenges in the state-owned entity called SAPO. Just to add to what Honorable Kubega said, we are watching with interest those that have failed to spend on what government has provided for in the post office. Those that are now taking lead in establishing consortiums in order to privatize post office. One question that I have in my mind, by the time they were with the post office, were they working the post office to ensure that it's left with nothing, that it can be privatized? When we took office, one thing that we committed to is building a capable state and an entrepreneurial state. This is why all efforts by government are to ensure that we address the capacity issues whilst we're looking at the funding of the areas. One of the critical things that any government will be reckless in doing is to make sure that all critical agencies fall to the hands of the private sector. We're a government that recognizes partnerships. We're a government that have embraced that we cannot achieve everything that we want to do on our own, but we shouldn't be forced to privatize when we still believe that there's an opportunity to turn around. The private sector that we're calling upon to say they must take over the post office as honorable members insinuated here. What is it that they see in the post office if it's as dead as that? Because as we have said, the issues of the post office, again, are hereditary. We are looking at them. Hence, we are happy with the progress that has been made ever since also the arrival of the new post office. And we are committed in ensuring that we're going to assist them with everything that we can have. The post office legislation makes it very clear in terms of the designated market as we talk about the one, k one kilogram package. Therefore, indeed, it is disappointing to find members of parliament who preside over the same legislation wanting to rebuke the post office for trying to ensure that it is adhered to. And this is the responsibility that we should take as members of parliament. If we want to call for a review of the legislation, let's go for that. But as things stand, this is what the law says, and rightfully so, the post office has to do that in order to protect a certain market that should be given. That is why the post office has not closed. That is why the post office continues to engage with those courier companies that are involved in this to say, let's find ways of working together to make sure that we do not take business from others. Because when we do so, people will lose jobs and our responsibility is to protect jobs. Of course, we are not going to privatize, as the Deputy Minister said, there is no intention to privatize SABC. It doesn't mean that when we have to look into areas of investment, we, we are not going to. But right now, we do not have any intention to do so. It is important, again, uh, Honorable Members, to look into the issues that as they have been raised. Honorable Madisha raises a very important question, that as much as we are counting these figures, there's many people in South Africa that still need the digital skills. 
Honorable Mdisha, I want to inform you that according to the plans, we have committed that we are going to train at least 2.5 million by 2024. This is the work that we are doing, complementing the work that is being done by the Department of Higher Education and Training and other training institutions. But to say as a department that is tasked with building a digital society, there is a need for us through our entities, through our industry, to join hands and make sure that we also make our mark. This is why on the figures that I reported about earlier on, we will be training 239,050 people this year, which is a contribution to the 2.5 million by 2024. And this does not include the other numbers that have been trained by other stakeholders. I fully agree with Honorable Fandam that indeed, if we would fail on innovation, we'll continue to be uh, the consumer of technologies. We have since taken a conscious decision that South Africa has to be an inventor of technologies. The Minister of, of, of Science and Innovation had issued a white paper in 2019 on science, technology, and innovation, which enhances the efforts that um, Honorable Fandam was talking about. Of course, if you go and read our 4 blueprint document, again, we're making emphasis on the fact that the state needs to invest more on innovation, including changing certain things that we are putting in place. Our digital economy master plan make reference to that, including the establishment of the council that should, should look into the innovation that you want to drive. All these efforts, Honorable Members, are meant to ensure that South Africa indeed can be an effective player in the digital space that we're talking about. We all need to join hands. We need to make sure that we work together. But on top of that, we need to make sure also that we are agile in ensuring that the overhaul of legislations that we're talking about is adhered to. Because if we take too long again in making laws, or the process that we take 18 to 24 months, it would mean that South Africa will lag behind. This is why we are appreciative of all your efforts and your contributions, honorable members. I want to thank you as we presented our budget vote, uh, which is sum of 3.7 billion. Thank you once more, Chairperson. Thank you, honorable minister. Honorable members, that concludes the debate and the business of this visual mini plenary. The mini plenary will now rise. Thank you, honorable members. The PA rock.